0: That's Kale. Please come on up. For those of you who were here on Saturday, thank you very much. We need an update on our playground. Talk us through it.
1: Yeah, I want to thank everybody for coming out yesterday. I think we had uh, 25 people come out, which is really good. Yeah. So uh, that's a before picture. And um, what we did yesterday is we kind of cleaned up the area and took all the pea gravel out of the playset area. And started on the, yeah, right there. And then we uh, kind of cleaned it up, took all the pea gravel out of the swings. Um, we're ready to paint next week and get the rubber mulch in. So next week on Saturday, we'll be working from 8 to 12 again. And um, yeah, and we're probably going to be working on Sunday too after church. We'll probably have some lunch for people, and then you can change and
0: work and paint. Uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for coming out. Okay, so next Saturday from 8 to 12, are there some specific tools that you need us to bring? Um, Scott was talking about bringing a power uh, pressure washer or a power washer. Um, we still need shovels and rakes, yes. weed eaters, lawn mowers. Okay, so we're
1: going to n- – no, we're, we don't need any weed eaters and lawn mowers anymore. Okay. We still need shovels and rakes and some power washers. If you have one, you can bring one so we can uh, clean off the play sets. Okay. And then uh, – We'll be providing the uh, paintbrushes, wheelbarrows, that'd be nice, um, and then that should be it.
0: Okay, very good. Man, you're doing great work. I, um, in a group like that, when you've got a bunch of queen bees and you can turn them into worker bees, that's <laughs> impressive stuff, okay? Yes, Jason, Leroy, I am talking about you. No, um, thank you, Lance. You're doing a great job, well done. I don't, I don't think I mentioned it, but this is Lance's um, Eagle Scout project. Um, Lance is going to be a freshman next year. Okay, very good. And um, I don't know about you guys, but that seems a little quick. Every time I have talked to somebody who is working on their Eagle Scout, they are usually a junior or a senior. So um, got it together, sir. Well done. Okay. Now, next, we need to talk about Blueprint. We've got a big week coming up. Miss Lois?
2: I think uh, all the youth families have the packet, but I've got extras if you've lost it or you want the schedule or you want to have one at home or whatever. Um, I noted on there the first thing we need to know is meeting at the church today at 3.15. Um, Why don't we pretend we're going to leave at 3.15? And here's why. They are full. The camp is full. Um, In fact, if we had somebody who dropped and somebody who added, they had to be the same gender because the bunks are full. So if we get there on the early side of when we can check in, we might get our little pick in the room, where we want which end of the rooms we want to be on or by the p- fan or by the plug or not by the bathroom door, the door to the bathroom. Anyway, so we want to be punctual. Please be punctual today. That will benefit all of us. And um, then it's the Moreno's address is on there for a 2 o'clock pickup after the swim party on Friday. Let me know if there's questions. Those of you serving in the kitchen, thank you already. It is such a gift to see happy faces um, making the meals behind the scenes. And we prayed for you guys this morning.
0: Very good. All right. Speaking of the kitchen, Connie, how many? There are 10 spots open every night, correct? And so our kids are there Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. So there are 50 open slots during our time period. How many of those are still open? There's only one open, only one open slot. So well done, Hope. <laughs> yes, well done. Um, Connie, is that which night of the week is that it's tonight so there is one spot for somebody to serve and then we can be at a hundred percent and I think that would be an awesome statement from this church and probably a tradition going forward so thank you for that Um, let's look through our bulletin real quick Lindsay are we still doing hope fit this week So we're going to meet here for Hope Fit, and by we, I mean y'all. Is it, <laughs> is it a boot camp night? It's not a... <laughs> she just gave me the, no, it's not a boot camp night, because she knows I won't come if it's a boot camp <laughs> night. Okay, so come prepared for that. Leroy's, are we still doing Bible studies every other Friday night? Okay, so women's Bible study, women and wine is on a break for the kind of the summer, and then the men are still meeting here, just hanging out. On Friday nights is first and third Fridays of the month, and then second and fourth is the women wine. So first and third are men, second and fourth is is women. Okay, very good. Um I think maybe we've hit it all. What have I forgotten? Everything. That's probably true, but okay. All right. Well, why don't we have all of the, the important people come forward for our children's chat. If you are under fifth grade, fifth grade or lower, come on down. Okay. You're graduated. You don't get to come. You're not important anymore, Emma Grace. Sorry. Okay. There we go. All right. Guys, what is this? It's a chair. It's, it's a stool. It's a stool, right? Does it look like it was made by somebody? Yes. Okay. Does it, does it have a purpose? Yeah. Of course it does, right? I'm going to take this outside. I'm going to turn it over. And I'm going to take the weeds out of the playground, right? So you guys can play out there? Yeah. No. I wish. I wish. But that would be really cool. But no. Okay. What about... I mean, we've got to take the blue paint, that old peeling blue paint off of the swing set, right? So, what if I use this to do that? Would it work? Yes. It could work it, because it could work because Trip of the take years. Maybe. Yeah, it could work. But Miss Jen picked this out on purpose, and she wants it to stay in a nice condition. So, let's not do that with it. So, what yeah, is it really designed for? To sit on, to it. Sit on it, right? Really? Well, it's, I can't be that lazy, right? It's not a lazy boy. It's a stool. Because so, Because I can't lean back, I can't be too lazy, right? If you lean back, you would hit your I would hit my head, okay. Um, but do I get some freedom with this stool? Can I sit on it different ways, yes. right? I mean, I kind of like the uh, cowboy style what do you think? Yeah, no, it looks awful. Looks <laughs> off. Okay. I, I w- <laughs> so, you're saying if we would decorate it a little bit more horsey, yeah. then yeah. Pastor yeah. Tom could pull that off? Okay. I appreciate y'all's brutal honesty. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. So, here's the illustration. Okay. This stool has one purpose it was created for one purpose to sit on but even in inside of that purpose we get some freedom right now what were you guys created to do what is there you go right ethan what were you created to do yeah worship and obey god it is not to eat candy i promise (laughs) okay you've got one job okay Whenever I mess up, my friends chime in with, you had one job, (laughs) right? But we have one job, and that's to worship and obey God, and we have lots of freedom. Very good. So you can eat candy. I think lollipops are within the realm of worship, right? Probably not 800 lollipops, but uh, yeah, bad news, right? Confetti eggs, definitely inside of Worship there's
1: God. So Jesus, you, you throw confetti eggs at right.
0: What? There's confetti eggs back there? Don't tell anybody else. <laughs> yeah, They'll go what? back there and right steal now. them. Okay. <laughs> All right. So one of the ways that we get to worship God is we get to be missionaries. Okay, so when one of the responses that we have as um, a worshiper, a worshiper of God, is to go out and tell people the beautiful message about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Okay, so let me read you a verse out of Romans. It's really simple, but it kind of encapsulates the entire message that sometimes we get to share with our friends, okay? It's Romans six twenty three, and it says, For the wages of sin is death. Okay, that's kind of the bad news, right? When we're, when we're sinful, when we, when we do things that fall short of the glory of God, what we earn is death, okay? But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, if we can memorize that one verse or even just paraphrase it, paraphrase. if we paraphrase, sorry, that's a big word that means pretty much tell tell somebody what it means, um, but not quote it directly, okay? Not exactly. no, maybe not the exact words, but all of the meaning, right? So sometimes we're worshiping God and sharing the love of Jesus through our actions and with our hands and with our feet, but other times, we get a chance to actually tell somebody about the message, right? And this is a great way to do it, okay? So what's your one job? To worship your bed. Okay, very good. <laughs> and eat candy, okay, and all right. All right, and I want you guys to, okay, this this is kind of off t- off topic, but I wanna ask you guys some <laughs> questions. Is there anything that you can do to make God love you more than he already no, no, does. No, 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 right? Is so if you guys spent the whole next week praying and reading your bible and obeying perfectly, would God love you more for that? No. Yep, no. 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 no, he's okay? Is there anything that you can do to make God love you less? No. no. Yes. He might be disappointed in your actions, right? But, but, he but he's doesn't. never going to love you less. Yeah, I think you guys get it. Can I pray for you before you go to Hope for Kids? Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time that we get to spend in your word and um, fellowshipping together. I pray for um, our teachers back in Hope for Kids. I pray for these little hearts that you would continue to pour out your grace and your mercy upon them. And that you would just draw them close to you. That you would... Teach them how to love you first and love you most. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have fun. All right. Jen, were you afraid that I was going to hurt the stool? A little scared? Okay. I wouldn't do that. You put too much time into it. Okay. All right. She did well. If y'all are visiting, I should maybe introduce myself. My name is Rusty Tungit. I am one of the um, elders here, and our pastor is taking a well-deserved week off, and so I get the opportunity to bore you guys to tears, okay? There is a clock back there, and I am watching it, so I won't go too long, okay? Um, But pray with me as we get ready to receive God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, I, um, I lift up the, mil- the members of our military. I think about the families all over the world. About a third of them are changing locations as we speak. And I just pray for the kids as they switch schools and try to find new friends. And I think about the spouses that dutifully um, take it on the chin as they leave friends and try to find new ones. I just pray that um, no matter where they are in the world, that you would help them that you would protect them in their travels. And Lord, I pray for the ones that land here in San Antonio, that um, that maybe we would get a chance to minister um, to some of them as they live and stay here in San Antonio. Lord, I pray for the relationships that all of us have. I, um, If you've got two people, Lord, we know that it's going to be messed up, and we know that we need your grace and your mercy. And I just pray that you would... Um, For every relationship that we're in, that when we've offended people, that you would pour out um, just your healing power on that. Lord, I pray for our missionaries around the world. I pray for our kids that are going to Blueprint. But I pray for all of us as we um, are missionaries into every single context into which we stand. Lord, I pray for the entire Masterson clan as they are... um, Dealing with their recent loss, I pray that you would just pour out um, love and unity around them and that you would help them to find the space and the time to grieve. I pray that they would dig into the pain and know that that this is just another example of how we live in a fallen and broken world and that one day it's all going to be fixed. Lord, I pray um, for Sherry and her father um, as he recovers. Pray that he would recover fully and get home quickly. Lord, I I pray for all the needs that I just don't even know about. Um, But you do because you know everything. Lord, I pray that um, you would open up our hearts and our minds and that you would change us with your word. That you would reorient our priorities and help us to just worship and love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Guys, I'm going to take you to one of my favorite um, scriptures. Um, if you will flip in your Bibles or scroll in your phones to Isaiah 6, this is <sighs> the more of life I live, right, the more life comes at me too fast and too hard and I find myself running back to this place um, more than any other. It's a motivating passage for me but it's also that place where I rest when I'm confused or hurt or scared, sad because this is the place that more than any other for me in scripture reorients me in the correct posture, okay? So Isaiah six, let's start. um, It's about the middle of your Bible if you're still looking for it. Um, Chapter six, verse one. In the year of King Uzziah, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, And your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. So we have this beautiful picture of Isaiah um, getting to see God in his just perfection, his holiness, right? And then we get to kind of see Isaiah's reaction, right? And I'm just, it helps me to know that someone that God used to write his word has basically the exact same reactions that I do. Um, Not exactly, right? But um, as he is confronted with the holiness of God, right, his first reaction is to be scared to death, right? He is confronted with his own sin, with his own shortcomings, with the reality that he knows he will never measure up to the perfection of God. As he watches the angels who are brilliant in and of themselves worship the most high God. So he starts off in in Isaiah 5 or chapter 6, verse 5. He says, woe is me for I am lost. He knows that he does not have what it takes to stand in the presence of our holy God, right? He knows that. And then we see this picture of him being ato- his sin being atoned for and him being made righteous, right? So that he can stop and relax and just rest in the fact that God has taken care of his sin problem. And it's exactly here where we see Isaiah um, kind of turn the corner, right? As the, as the angel says, um, or as the angel does in verse six, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. And your sin atoned for. Okay? And so, out of this understanding of of God's perfection, right? And then the understanding that he doesn't deserve to even be in the presence of God, but yet God has solved his sin problem. What is Isaiah's reaction? He wants to go forth and help other people experience exactly what he's experienced. He wants to go out with this message. He says, send me, right? So this is a great, like motivating missionary passage. But it also, for me, allows me to just sit and rest on the fact that God is perfect, that God knows all. And even in these situations where I do not know what's going on. I'm scared to death about different circumstances or I'm just worn out because one of my coworkers w- just, you know, left and now I've got their 50 hours worth of work on top of the 50 hours of work that I was already doing and I'm just worn out and, and I don't know how I'm gonna make it, right? But God knows, right? Um, maybe your family's in transition and you don't, You don't know all the details, and it's just straight up scary, but you can rest in God's perfection, right? I only appreciate this, honestly, in the rearview mirror, right? In the heat of the moment, I'm the guy freaking out, right? And my life motto is fake it till you make it, right? (laughs) So I try to not let you see that my hands are shaking and that my heart is going at like you know 220 beats a minute right as I'm freaking out but oftentimes you can see the sweat amplify the glare right on the bald head but if I will if I will reorient myself to the holiness of God and remember all the ways that he has just provided and taken care of me in the past it's a whole lot easier to Have faith in the present and in the future because I don't know about you, but life has come hard and fast at times, but God has always shown up. And a lot of times it was not in the way I wanted it to because, you know, I got all this pride and I don't want to have to rely on other people and I don't want to have to ask to, you know, for money to make bills one month or I don't wanna have to go back to waiting tables, or I don't, there's all these things that I don't wanna have to do. But I can look back in the rearview mirror and go, man, God just worked this out. And I'm so glad that my plan didn't work out because when I did get to a certain spot, think about all the people I would have missed if I'd have done it on my schedule, all these really important relationships that I've got in my life, right? so it's here, this holiness of God that I think if we can appreciate and go back to, if we can get oriented correctly this way, it will kind of set in order or put into perspective everything that is horizontal, all of these relationships and all of these circumstances. And when we have this peace, when we have... um, just joy that goes over your circumstances, right? Um, And I know that in the present, it may be really hard to find the joy, right? Um, But if if we can get there, we have something that this broken and fallen world desperately, desperately wants, okay? I'm reading a book um, right now by an absolute whack job. His name is... uh, Russell Brand, he's like a comedian, and he's very crass and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's way off base, but he has isolated um, part of the problem in this book. It's called um, uh, revolution, is what it is. And he's calling for a revolution, and, and he wants to break down the current system but has no plan to, uh, to get a new system in place, right? And, and he hasn't realized that we can tear down the new system give it a generation and we'll just have a replica right people will have amassed wealth and there will still be a sin problem in the world so he's not actually getting after it but he has realized that part of the problem is that people want to be connected right and they they're searching for connection this way right they're hungry for it but they're not connected to their Creator, so what they're putting on their relationships this way is just completely and totally um, unrealistic. And so when that relationship fails or that connection doesn't work out the way they wanted it to, they blow that situation up and move forward. So he's, he understands part of the problem. And the great part of this book, the reason why I keep r- reading it, is because he's, um, he's very honest and transparent. He's a recovering addict. And he's more than willing to say if the drugs had worked, I'd keep doing them. But I know that they didn't, right? And so, um, but the answer is for him to get oriented correctly to his creator, right? He doesn't understand that he's got one job. And that one job is to worship and obey God, right? Now, in the New Testament, we see sort of this same reaction. Flip to Acts chapter 1. And what we see Isaiah, right, confronted with the holiness of God, and he wants to be sent out by God to spread that message. We see Jesus commissioning the, um, the disciples to do the exact same thing. Okay, I'll read from Acts chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through verse 8. In the first book... O Theophilus, and you're thinking, the first book, what? What are you talking about? Okay, so um, sometime, maybe this next week, you can go back and read the introduction to Luke, right? This is Luke part two, the book of Acts, okay? So in the New Testament, you've got two major authors, right? The Apostle Paul writes all of those letters, and if you've ever noticed, they're kind of oriented longest with Romans, all the way down to the shortest, which is, anybody? I don't even know off the top of my head. Tom? Philemon? That makes sense. It's only like one page in my Bible, right? It's easy to miss. I can't ever find it, right? So those are, they're oriented that way. And then Luke is our other author in the New Testament that writes the most because Luke is not a short book, right? There aren't that many um, chapters, but if you'll notice, all the chapters have like, 60 some odd verses. So Luke writes Luke, and then he writes Acts. So that's what's going on here. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So he's talking about this time period after the resurrection where Jesus comes back and spends time with the disciples and the apostles, right? This is the time period where doubting Thomas isn't going to believe unless he puts his his hands in the wounds, right? Verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. So he had given them this command, stay here. I need to feed you spiritually. I need to get you strong, right? But that kind of of sets you up to think, okay, well, they're being commanded to stay. Is that going to mean that we're going to go later on? But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, okay? And so this is the future tense, right? He's talking about a time period that's going to happen in Acts chapter 2 when Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit descends like tongues of fire on the disciples. Verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You are going to go and be the witness. You are going to go and testify, right? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, And to the end of the earth. And so this is basically right here the outline for the book of Acts. So there are 28 chapters, right? And it's this working out of Jesus sending the the apostles and the disciples to be his witnesses, right, in these geographical areas. So they're already in Jerusalem. So we can make the jump that wherever you are, your hometown that's your Jerusalem, okay? Because we also need to um, go out and help people understand the love of Jesus. Now, a lot of times, that's not gonna be with our words, right? People in this broken and fallen world need to know that we love them. And you can probably talk to them before they know that, that you love them, but are they really gonna hear you, right? Right? And um, and you want to share that message, but you need, in a lot of context, you need to earn the right to share something that personal and that spiritual and that significant, okay? So that's part of what we're doing at Blueprint, right? What is the motto at Blueprint? Warmer, safer, drier. So this week, we're going to take on, as a church, two houses or three houses? At Three different houses our youth and and our leaders are going to be trying to make it warmer safer drier right and i believe that the qualifications to be one of these people is to be at one and a half times the poverty level so oftentimes these are people that just simply don't have the means to take good care of their houses maybe they don't have the physical capabilities to make it happen last summer um the lady that we were the house that we were working on she was in a wheelchair most of the time and um, and you could just see the appreciation of of all on her face of all the work that we were doing right I, I didn't really do any work I just tried to keep tools in Dean's hands right <laughs> because Dean was doing all the work right or or maybe you know redirect some youthful energy back on task you know but I don't have any skills, right? Um, But she was so appreciative, right? And so she was willing to hear what we had to say because we had already um, demonstrated how much we loved her, right? Because we were spending an entire week sweating our tails off, trying to make her warmer, safer, drier. Um, So... As we think about these geographical areas, Jerusalem would be our hometown, right? Um, Judea and Samaria are just neighboring communities around here close, right? So this isn't going to be mind-blowing, but as we venture out, right, we need to be thinking about how we can represent Christ well to this world around us. And if we get the opportunity, right, we want to take this message as far as the end of the earth, okay? So it doesn't matter if you get to go halfway around the world, right? What's, if we dig straight through, do we go to China, right? Is that right? <laughs> or somewhere else? We don't have to go that far, right? We can go around the corner or we can go someplace that makes sense for us, right? Do you speak Spanish? Well, let's send you to a Spanish-speaking country, right? If your if you're Spanish is awful, right, maybe um, you should take a friend with you that speaks good Spanish so that you can still love on those people, right? Let's be practical about it, but let's go wherever we can to love on the church that is already there, like we do when, when we send people to Cuba, and to um, just s- send them our love and our energy, right? Because. We have this thing, it's called a blue passport, right? And whenever you show up in Cuba, people just kind of flock to you because you're an American. And then the the local church can leverage that so more people can hear about Jesus, right? But we don't have to go all the way to the ends of the earth to share this message, right? We can do it right here in our hometown, okay? But if we're going to do this well, it's going to depend on our on us first orienting ourselves to God first right it is in reaction to his holiness that we are humbled right that we are reminded about how great our need is and and in that posture it's very easy to go to someone else and say I'm a sinner just like you, but I found the solution. God gave me the grace to believe that Jesus paid for my sins on the cross. And I'm not talking down to you because honestly, you're probably a better person than I am, right? I know lots of people that have never been given the grace to believe that are literally better people, right? I went to high school in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which had a large Mormon population, right? And I think about my Mormon friends and their families and how put together it all was, right? They were, um, they believe very differently than we do. They were trying to um, work their way to heaven and they were good at it. They were great people, right? So it really puts me in a posture to be like, I'm not better than you. I only believe because God gave me the grace to believe, right? And I want you to be free from these shackles, from this prison that you live in, right? And I'm just trying to love you the best way I know how, and that is to set you free, right? To get you off of this like American hamster performance wheel, right? Like we were talking about with the kids, there is nothing that I can do to make God love me more, right? Nothing, right? God is not going to love me more because I go to Blueprint. God is not going to love me more because I read my Bible faithfully. God is not going to love me more because I have three quiet times and I pray for six hours, right? So we can we can take that burden off of you, right? I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm not saying don't go to Blueprint. I'm not saying don't read your Bible. I'm not saying don't pray. But I want you to, to get to a place where those behaviors, those disciplines are a get to, not a have to. Does that make sense? So when, when people ask me about my church, that's kind of what I say. Lois says it's like a big family. Terry goes into a spiel about how much love he's received over the last couple of years. Different people have a different way of putting it. Um, You guys have a hard time believing this, but I try to keep it short and sweet. (laughs) It's not a have to, right? It's a get to. I get to come to church. And when I know about something that's going on in your life, if I can help, I get to. I don't have to. Right? You're worn out because you've got little kids and you haven't gotten any sleep and I get to babysit. Right? I get to go take your teenagers to jump off cliffs. Right? That's a get to. Right? But it's you know, I, Lance, I'm sore from the playground, <laughs> right? But, but even when we were sweating, you could stop, grab a bottle of water, and look around, and there were all these people with a common goal, moving together. And it was sweet. I mean, the sore muscles are not sweet. Still a little mad at you. But, but it's a get-to, right? It's not a have-to. So... I hope that as we come together in this new place, right? We're not far from our old location, but sometimes it's just a new perspective that we kind of reorient this to an outreach. We are so good at loving on on us, right? And and when life hits the fan, you guys gosh, you're good at showing up. So let's bring in more people. Let's go invite people in, right? Let's serve them. And as we go to Blueprint, right? Be prepared to share this message. It is really short. I don't know if our kids or our adults will get a chance to to actually share the words of love, but I know that you will get to act out of love. So when I was in college, a long, long time ago, um, the, we called this one verse evangelism, right? Because we know that the people that we're talking to rarely give any authority to scripture, right? And so to bombard them with a bunch of verses from a book that they don't know and don't care about doesn't make a whole lot of sense, or at least it didn't to me. So this was one of my favorite ways to kind of encapsulate the message that I wanted to share, okay? Um, So Romans 6, 23, it's very simple. So maybe our youth, as you go into this week, can, um, can memorize this, and maybe you'll get an opportunity to use it this summer, but maybe it won't be until the fall or the spring at school that somebody is in a crisis and you're there for them And you get to love on them, not only with your hands and your feet, but you can share the words, the the message, okay? For the wages of sin is death, right? This is something that a lot of us have heard again and again and again, right? We, um, since the garden, have an inclination towards sin, Right? We are born with original sin and it is the reason why our hearts are always chasing after something other than God. Right? But all we're doing, all we're earning, the wages that we are earning right, is death. Right? It'll be an ultimate death in hell, but it's a short-term death as well of the fellowship with God. Right? That con- connectedness that we're all searching for. But the free gift, right? When I see free gift, all I hear is my high school economics teacher saying, no such thing as a free lunch, right? <laughs> it's free for us, certainly not free for Jesus, right? Certainly not free for Jesus. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, okay? Um, As we go forth to share that message, whether we get to use our words or not, um, I hope that that we will just reorient ourselves to our perfect God and then go love people in response to that, okay? So right now, it's going to be a little clumsy. We are going to have all of our youth and all of our parents that are going to Blueprint. We're going to kind of do our Hope Church tradition where we pray for you and send you out. But there's going to be so many of you that I want kind of a single file line this way, right here. So go ahead and get up if you're going to Blueprint and come here. And then once they've kind of assembled down this middle aisle, everybody's going to stand up, come over and lay a hand on a shoulder. And we're all going to be connected and we're going to pray for these people.
3: Father God, we come before you on behalf of this work that you are doing in us and through us this coming week. We pray that you would pour out your blessing over everything that lies ahead on this Blueprint trip. We pray for your safety for the kids and the adults who will be on the job sites. And we just pray that this would be uh, an expression of of your love for your people through Jesus Christ that as we work and labor uh, towards improving the living conditions of these homeowners that they would understand that this is a gesture uh, to demonstrate your grace your love your forgiveness and mercy that are ours in Jesus Christ so we pray your blessing over this this trip over the families involved And we just ask that you would go with us into the week ahead. We pray your blessing over these youth and adults. In Jesus' name, amen.